New progress toward an agreement to beef up border security, but there's still a big disagreement. Why partisan politics could scuttle the bipartisan deal that's been decades in the making. And the window is quickly closing. If you'd like to vote in the next big election, we look at the last minute rush to register for the upcoming Texas primary. Well, other than the wind, a real pretty afternoon today, and the weather is going to get nicer before some rain returns to your seven-day forecast coming up. After months of negotiations, senators released a bipartisan agreement that imposes tougher restrictions on immigration and asylum claims. Majority Leader Schumer promises a vote this week, but Republican leadership in the House is saying not so fast. NBC's Alice Barr is in Washington. A deal is on the table for some of Congress's most pressing national security priorities. $60 billion to back Ukraine's fight, $14 billion for Israel, and $4.8 billion to counter China's growing influence, along with the most complex step, $20 billion to address the crisis at the U.S. southern border. The bill would trigger a shutdown at the border if more than 5,000 migrants cross per day. It expands the number of detention facilities and toughens standards for migrants seeking asylum. But House GOP leadership today saying the bill, quote, fails in every policy area needed to secure our border and that it is dead on arrival in the House. The top Republican negotiator in the Senate, conservative James Lankford, urging his colleagues not to reject a chance for significant immigration reform after decades of gridlock. When we had a Republican House, Republican Senate, and President Trump as president, we weren't able to pass border security pieces. But former President Trump has vocally opposed the bill, calling it a trap to shift blame for the border to Republicans right before the election. Well, there's a clear choice for Republicans fix the border or keep chaos at the border because it helps Donald Trump. Pressed by NBC's Kristen Welker on Meet the Press, House Speaker Mike Johnson downplayed the former president's influence. He's not calling the shots. I am calling the shots for the House. A shot at helping to fix one of the most divisive issues in this country while supporting allies overseas now on the line. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. And the Senate's top Democrat is planning to hold the first votes on the bill this week. He's hopeful that if it manages to pass in the Senate, that'll put pressure on the Speaker to bring it up for a vote in the House. Stunning news from Buckingham Palace. King Charles has been diagnosed with cancer. The announcement comes after the King was hospitalized for an enlarged prostate. Now, the statement from Buckingham Palace did not say what specific form of cancer he has. King Charles has returned to London for treatment. It's not clear how long his treatment process will take. Well, an Austin man accused in a 2022 Halloween night murder at the Domain pleaded guilty one day before his trial was set to start. Gavin Roberts was accused of killing 34-year-old Justin Hayden inside an apartment and then burying his body near Georgetown. Roberts originally pleaded not guilty and jury selection was supposed to begin today, but both sides reached a deal in which Roberts pleaded guilty to murder. Mr. Roberts has always wanted to take responsibility for what happened and uh, he's confessed um, and he wanted to plead guilty and we were able to reach a deal. So we were able to resolve the case without taking the family through um, but the horrible ordeal. And Roberts was sentenced to 50 years in prison. Instead of a trial tomorrow, there will be an allocution, which means friends and family of the victim will get a chance to speak in court. First warning weather. 
with Jim Spencer. Well, 24 hours ago at this time, the winds were uh, whipping up some white caps out here on Lady Bird Lake. So those of you that like to get in a little exercise before the sun goes down, it's going to be a little nicer tonight out here on the hike and bike trail and auditorium shores and Butler Park, wherever you'd like to go tonight to get in that exercise. Out in the hill country, uh, we're talking about low and mid 60s at this hour. These are current temperatures, pretty close to early February normals actually. Same thing in the Austin metro area. Uh, we topped out in the middle 60s in most locations, which is really exactly average. In our eastern counties, not much difference there either. If you're gonna be out and about in the town tonight, the good news is the wind continues to come down, and so it won't be bad. Skies will be clear, but it will certainly be jacket weather if you're out there after a sunset tonight. By 9 o'clock, we're down to about 53 degrees, then headed about 10 degrees lower overnight. Big story, the big storm in California and how one or more storms like it might impact our weather later in the week. All right, Jim, thank you very much. Well, the window is closing if you'd like to cast a ballot in the upcoming Texas primary. Today is the last day you can register to vote in this consequential election. And KXAN's Will Dupree spent today looking at last-minute efforts to try to get voters onto the rolls. He's live for us at the Travis County Tax Office in North Austin. Will. Yeah, it is going to be open very late tonight. We are here at the main Travis County Tax Office near 290 and 183 on Ridgepoint Drive, and volunteers have a table set up right inside the front doors. They will be here until midnight to help people register to vote in time for the March primary. Now, this was not the only new effort that we found to bring in new voters to get involved with this election. Last day to register. Spreading the word about a key election deadline. Register to vote. Primaries. helped catch the attention of dozens of UT students who signed up for their civic duty. And if you live in a dorm, we have the addresses right there. By early afternoon, volunteers from the youth mobilization group Texas Rising registered more than 40 students, including Jacob Hernandez, who plans to vote in the primary. This is my first time voting for president, and I would like to see some change and hopefully have, you know, a better America coming up. Election watchers normally do not count on younger voters as the most reliable. So Maggie DeSanza says her group's work is only just beginning. So helping students identify what's on the ballot, where they can vote based on where they live, encourage them to, you know, tell their friends and family to get out and vote. So yeah, we'll be doing this for the next month until March 5th. Yay, amazing! Countywide, new voter registration is climbing at a slower pace ahead of the primary. I think because this primary is not viewed as, as so hotly contested at the top of the ballot. However, Bruce Elfant says he expects Travis County to hit 900,000 registered voters by the general election. We have one of the higher registration rates in the state. We're very proud of that and we want to maintain it. Bruce Elfant told me that reaching 900,000 registered voters here in Travis County would be a really big deal because he is set to retire at the end of this year from overseeing our voter registration system here in Travis County. Now again, here at the main tax office on Ridgepoint Drive, you can come until midnight to be able to register to vote for that March election. Reporting live in North Austin, Will Dupree, KXAN News. Will, thanks so much. And you saw all those UT students in Will's story. The number of younger people registering to vote is rising, but it doesn't necessarily translate to showing up on Election Day. Yeah, take a look at these numbers from 2020. That's the last presidential election, and they show the turnout by age group. Just over half of registered voters between ages of 18 and 29 turned out to vote. Meanwhile, about 75% of those older than 40 cast their votes. 50, I should say, over 50. 
The average age of a Texas voter in that election was just under 50 years old. Okay, here's what Jim was talking about. Dangerous winds, deadly floods, powerful storms hitting California. But could we see the impact here in Texas? Climate change also on the ballot. The new effort underway in Austin to get voters to foot the bill to get ready for it. And rapid growth fuels demand for new roads. How a multi-million dollar project aims to improve traffic and safety. Backyard here is just getting wrecked. Severe weather is wreaking havoc across the state of California. Slow-moving storms are causing major problems. Close to 40 million people are under watches, warnings, or evacuation orders. And one huge problem, the flooding rains. Several areas in California are underwater. Some seen more than a month's worth of rain over just the last 24 hours. And look at this. Video shows a Swiftwater rescue team pulling a family of three from a trapped vehicle. This happened early this morning in Los Angeles. Rescuers say a mother, father, and daughter were clinging to a tree after rushing water swept over their car. Crews rescued them with no reported injuries. And it's not just floods causing problems in California. The state is also facing devastating high winds. Some places saw wind gusts of up to 70 miles per hour. That knocked down trees and power lines. And at one point, more than a half a million people were without power. Joining us now is Jim Spencer. So we see all that wild weather in California. And we're curious, do we have to worry about any of that coming our way here? Not those kind of impacts, that's for sure. All of those California storms, those uh, atmospheric Rivers sometimes as they move east do move into Texas. This is a big one out in uh, California. You can see it on the weather map right there. It does actually look like a river. See that flowing into Los Angeles? And it truly is a, a river of moisture, about 300 miles wide. Just incredible. Yes, there may be some impacts here locally from not only that one, but the one behind it. I'll have an update coming up. Plus, Austin voters could have a say on a plan to address climate change. We're going to look at that proposal that could ask you for money to help fight the problem. Some Austin City Council members want the city of Austin to take a huge, comprehensive look at city climate change efforts. But as KXN's Grace Reader explains, the plan could come with a big cost, and the city could ask taxpayers to pay for it. Intense summers, unprecedented winter storms, flooding. An assistant professor of climate science at UT says without big change... Ultimately, it's going to mean more damages for our communities, so more infrastructure that doesn't work the way that we need it to work, people's lives and livelihoods being put in danger, and overall, worse quality of life for everyone. A plan to address that could end up on your ballot in November. Next week, Austin City Council will vote on whether to take the first steps in what they're calling the Environmental Investment Plan. Which is an investment in meeting and exceeding our climate goals. We have a lot of goals as a city to help reduce our impact on the environment, but we're falling short in too many areas. Simply put, some city council members want Austin to take a look at its climate goals. It's got a lot of them. Think anything from water use to public transit to city buildings. They want feedback from the public and then want staff to figure out how much all of that would cost and where that money should come from. And then we'll come back as a council to look at what those options are and figure out how much and what investments we want to make now and what maybe over the course of a few years. One of the funding options, a bond election in November of this year. That's basically letting the city take out a loan, which will be paid back by you in the form of property taxes. This doesn't put anything on the ballot in 24. What it does is say, what type of investments do we need to make? And then later on, when we look at financing mechanisms, if a bond is a potential financing mechanism that we feel is the most appropriate, 
that's when we'll make the decision about putting that on the ballot. Grace Reader, KXAN News. And the City Council will start the process next week. If approved, Austin City Council member Ryan Alter there said those proposals from city staff will come back to the City Council this summer, and then that's when they could decide on possible funding options. Well, we have Jim Spencer with us tonight. Firstly, we're so happy to have you. I am so happy to be here. Well, we're happy that you're happy. And, and David's okay. And I'm David's just, <laughs> yeah, I'm just uh, stepping in for him up tonight. You read our minds. We're like, where's David? Okay, David's okay. Good to know. Now, you're bringing us some great weather before some big weather changes. That's right. And the best day of the week will probably be tomorrow or the next day. Nice. Then the changes begin. We'll talk about that in a minute. Today was pretty normal, really. The high temperature ended up at 65. That is exactly average. Uh, this morning was a little milder than normal at 53. Our average right now is 44. Thank goodness we're nowhere around that record 17. As you know, it can get cold. It can get icy uh, this time of year. But we don't see any of that coming. We do see a couple of storm systems that should be mild and uh, maybe a little bit wet. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Temperatures around the area right now, low and mid-60s in the hill country. We've got a low and mid-60s in our uh, eastern counties and right through the metro at the present time. And not a cloud in the sky. Live weather from our Indeed weather camera located up at the Domain. Again, there is not a cloud out there. In Austin, officially at Camp Mabry at 64 degrees, north wind at 12. The winds have been gusty again today. Not as gusty as they were last night, but we've still seen some uh, wind gusts over 30 miles per hour. They are coming down, and so uh, less of a wind chill as we go into the evening, though the air is dry, so it's it's going to be a pretty chilly evening. Pollen count today. This isn't bad. Uh, cedar, low, mold, elm. We had some spring trees showing up. Everything trending down just a little bit today. Around the state, it's been pretty mild statewide. 50s to some 70s down in the valley today. Most everybody, though, in the 50s. We've had this persistent northerly wind that kicked in last night because of a strong area of low pressure. See it spinning right there in the eastern uh, gulf. Uh, that low will move on out. Our winds will begin to veer back to the east and southeast tomorrow because of this storm. You're going to hear all about this on NBC Nightly News coming up, but we call this that atmospheric river, and it has been crazy. Los Angeles had more rain yesterday than they've had on any day in 20 years. Feet of snow. There were some wind gusts over 100 miles per hour, at least four reports that I saw of winds over 100 miles per hour. Some of those not too far off of ground level, too. Of course, up in the mountains, they can be a little bit stronger. Okay, so what does that storm mean for us? Well, that first storm in California, the big bad one right now, maybe not much. Uh, we think it's going to weaken and lift up into the plains, and so what it'll do for us is increase the clouds about Wednesday. By Thursday, we might see a rain shower, but uh, that's questionable. By Friday, questionable. 20% chance maybe. There's another system behind that one that promises to give us a little better chance of rain, unfortunately, on the weekend. Saturday, there will be a chance. Sunday, there will also be a chance of some rain with that next system, but it should be a uh, warm system, meaning no threat of a snow or ice. Unfortunately, also, we don't expect to see a lot of rain out of this. Our new computer model uh, coming in just in the last hour even drops the totals a little bit. We could use more significant rain because some of us are still in severe to extreme drought. Okay, in the morning, it's going to be colder than it was this morning by about 10 degrees. Tomorrow will be a little warmer than today, and with less wind, it's going to be beautiful, and day after tomorrow, not bad either. Austin, 43 overnight, clear, chilly. Tomorrow, I think we get up about 69, sunny, beautiful, out, cold early, but then a beautiful afternoon. Wednesday, beautiful. Thursday, the clouds will increase, and then we'll throw in the rain chances beginning on Friday. It looks real low. I think a real low rain chance Thursday, too. But then over the weekend, the rain chances go up a bit. But until we get a better handle on this storm, I'm not going to say rain is a, a sure thing over the weekend.
All right, Jim, thanks very much. Coming up, planes grounded after a mid-air blowout are now back in service. But find out why federal regulators say they're not done watching for problems. I've been a 25-year Fox News watcher. Just calling to say I'm excited about News Nation and in particular your show. I'm enjoying the heck out of it. I've literally switched and watched News Nation. Cuomo, weeknights at 8, 7 central, only on News Nation. And tomorrow on Banfield, where does the evidence really point in the Gilgo Beach murders? The suspect is back in court. Plus, will Jonathan Majors spend time behind bars? The Hollywood star is sentenced for assault. Banfield tomorrow, only on News Nation. To find News Nation, go to joinnn.com. Right now, the cancer diagnosis for King Charles, what we've learned about his treatment. Also, our correspondent, the only reporter aboard a Navy aircraft carrier engaged in those retaliatory attacks in the Mideast. Her report tonight on Nightly News. Well, the FAA says that most of the Boeing 737 MAX 9 planes have returned to service. That's after the FAA grounded all of the MAX 9s one day after a door plug blew off an Alaska Airlines plane while in flight. The FAA says almost all of its inspections have now been completed, and 135 out of 144 aircraft that were grounded have returned to service. But FAA officials say they will continue to monitor Boeing after new reports of loose bolts on 737 MAX 9s. So Boeing let us know that there was an issue with two holes drilled for a window frame on some undelivered uh, 737 MAX aircraft. And we're handling the issue through our continuous airworthy, excuse me, continued operational safety process. Uh, and we'll ensure that those airplanes meet all safety standards before we can approve them for delivery. And the FAA deputy administrator said they are looking closely at Boeing's procedures and employee training to see what changes need to be made. Austin's airport is losing another nonstop route. Alaska Airlines announced it's ending direct flights from Austin to San Jose, California. A spokesperson told us low demand led to the decision. Other airlines have also cut back at AUS in recent months. American Airlines said in November that it would cancel 21 nonstop routes by early April. Virgin Atlantic ended its Austin to London route last month. Road improvements are coming to a fast-growing area of Williamson County. Plans call for $2.5 million worth of work on County Road 332. That's just east of Gerald. County leaders and construction teams held a groundbreaking for the project this morning. New subdivisions are going up in the area and demand is growing for better roads. Typically a subdivision can come up faster than we can build roads. And so as much growth as we're seeing, the county is working hard to, to keep up with the transportation needs and make sure that the people are safe getting in and out of their homes. And like I said, to make sure that, that the kids are safe and the families are safe. The county road will be reconstructed as a two-lane road with shoulders. Money for the project comes from bonds. Voters approved in 2019. All right, here's what you can see tonight on KXAN. We've got America's Got Talent, Fantasy League from 7 to 9, then The Irrational at 9, and then you can get the latest news, weather, and sports with us at KXAN News at 10. And you can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on CW Austin, and here is where to find us.